But there's a big difference, Steve. Like a Mary isn't worried about her. She's not worried about what it costs her. She's worried about Jesus. Absolutely. Judas doesn't really care about Jesus. Judas cares about Judas. And sometimes as we evaluate our motives, we have to come, am I worried about this because it's about me or am I worried about it because it's about them? Lazarus' testimony of what Jesus Christ did in his life is converting people to believe in Jesus. Right. And, and instead of people saying, wow, I maybe ought to pay attention to that, learn from it, they're jealous. Right. They're envious. They're angry that they're, it's taking attention away from them. Right. And it's going towards Jesus Christ who raised a man from the dead. This is the Way to Go podcast, and we are about faith, family, and daily life. We're about taking God's word, breaking it down, making it practical to everyday living. Now, if you want to watch the show, you can actually go to Eagleville Bible Church. Just go to YouTube, type in Eagleville Bible Church. You will find it on the Way to Go playlist. But again, faith, family, and daily life. This is what we're all about. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. I'm Bill McMinn, Steve Arslick, right here with me. Glad to have you here, Steve. And talking John 12. So we've been going through the book of John anyway. And it was interesting, like the last chapter, as you look at how they're setting up this whole big battle between Jesus and the religious leaders, and he'll soon be on the cross as they hate him, they're plotting to kill him. But he raised Lazarus from the dead. And then you look at the end of chapter 11, they plot to take his life. In verse 53, verse 54, he didn't move anywhere publicly. So he goes to this town called Ephraim. And Ephraim used to be the name of the northern tribes mm -hmm. of Israel, actually. But a, their village had taken up that name. And it's in the wilderness. He went there. And then the time for Passover, people were asking questions. Is he going to come? Is he going to be here? And it said in verse 56, everyone was looking for Jesus Christ. So you can kind of see this epic showdown already decided, I mean, there's already people in the religious leadership will say in this chapter 12 that are afraid to even express their belief in Jesus Christ. Compared to, now we're going to open up in chapter 12 with Lazarus, Mary, and Martha having him as a guest of honor. And I think it's interesting in light of how people are kind of a little bit scrambling away from Jesus Christ. I don't really want to acknowledge Christ. Then you have this family who invites him over for dinner, and he's already raised Lazarus from the dead in the first, in the chapter prior. They're not afraid of it. Like, they're not afraid to acknowledge their friendship with Jesus Christ. No, and I, I think that's the very first part of chapter 12. We see just Mary just do just some of that. The, the not And Mary doing the anointing is is that, you know, she acknowledges who Jesus is. She right. she had seen these things. So right. these people who are comfortable, they're they're without doubt. I mean, their right. their faith is there. They right. they know specifically that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. They 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 they're they're certain he right. is who he claims to be. Right. And they're not they're not afraid if you think otherwise. And no. I think that you know, we live in a world, Steve, where you can't be afraid of what you believe because somebody else doesn't believe it. Because they were in that exact same situation. A lot of people, it says, and the, by the end of chapter 12, there are a lot of people who wouldn't believe. And like you said, they had hard hearts and blind eyes, and they just couldn't see the truth. Jesus Christ is trying to explain it to them and get them to see it. But my faith doesn't have to be dictated by your faith. So if you don't have a faith in Jesus Christ, you being anyone in general, that doesn't have to affect me and my faith, and it certainly didn't affect them. Then it says six days before the Passover. So now... Okay, Christ is going to be killed just on the eve of Passover, right? So mm -hmm. you're six days prior. You're coming right down the pike for the end of his life. He comes to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. 
Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She pours it on Jesus' feet. She wipes it with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. And so not to confuse this Mary with the one who was repenting before Jesus. There was another woman who cried at his feet and wiped her wiped his feet, too, with her hair. But this is Mary, who's a friend of Jesus. Martha's a friend of Jesus. And I see everyone in character. And I want to talk about kind of being spiritually general, genuine and authentic because these people really are. I mean, you look at Martha. What does Martha say in another passage? How come Mary's not helping me? Make Remember? her help me, Jesus. Help, make her help me. Right. No, she's chosen better. She wants yeah. to listen. So you got Martha, who must be just a great servant. She's always the one who seems to be taking care of people's needs, making the food, making sure everyone has, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. That genuinely seems to be her character. That's what we see here. You got Mary. She seems to be that one to sit at Jesus' feet, loves Jesus. What's she doing? Taking this perfume, which as Judas will say later, is worth a year's wages. Now, for, I don't know what the average wage is in America, but let's say if it's $30,000, $40,000 on average, that's expensive perfume, dude. Oh, yeah. and Well, I think it just underscores right. part of the point is, you know, this this is really, well, it's, it's prophetic in nature that she's right. anointing him, uh, that he's going to be dying. But it also, too, is like for her, the money thing means nothing right. when you're in the presence of God. And that's really what I think, too, is like, you know, what, what Judas was worried about because he's a thief. Right. He's worried about financial gain. Right. Mary's not the least bit worried about that. She, she's anointing her Lord, who she sees as God. And I think there's a huge contrast there between belief, unbelief. Uh, we see contrast between those who are trying to kill those who are following faith. Uh, they'll sacrifice anything. And Lazarus wouldn't be willing to, or, or uh, uh, Judas wouldn't be willing to sacrifice anything. No, um, well, not if it was going to cost him something. Let's go on and take a look at that because it says there one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? So he sounds so sanctimonious, right? Yeah. It's worth a year's wages. He didn't say it because he cared about the poor, but nah. because he was a thief as a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into. And really, when you read the Bible, this is really one of the first indications that there's some big problems with Judas, and it doesn't come out till the very end. He's already been traveling with Jesus for, what, three years, right? Because oh, yeah, yeah. he, you know, these In a three, while. Right. Uh, several years he's been there, and the whole time he's been a thief. He hasn't changed his character. He hasn't really been impacted. But there's a big difference, Steve, like a Mary isn't worried about her. She's not worried about what it costs her. She's worried about Jesus. Absolutely. Judas doesn't really care about Jesus. Judas cares about Judas. And sometimes as we evaluate our motives, we have to come, it, am I worried about this because it's about me or am I worried about it because it's about them, right? Or oh, yeah. Because Jesus Christ. I think just the unselfishness that we need. Well, I think you see the you see the difference between the crowds and the faithful. You know, people are wondering, will Jesus really show up? Is he afraid? You know, right. Judas is wondering, well, wait a minute, what, what, where's what are you doing with all this money? You know, I mean, there's all kinds of the, everything is counter to what Jesus is trying to teach. Jesus isn't going to hide; he's going to come out boldly here. In right. fact, he's going to enter Jerusalem boldly, right. and he's boldly making a proclamation. And I think even here, and, and we see the the contrast between the Judas and the priest and the religious system that's trying to kill him and what true faith looks like. Right. And, and that's, I think, is a lesson for us as well. Uh, what, where, where are we at? How right. do we approach Christ? At this well, point? true faith sits in the presence of Jesus. I mean, true faith is going right. to come before Christ and sit before Christ. But I, I think about how, now, 
I don't want to make any of these comments so that we can become a bunch of little judges questioning people's motives. Cause I don't, I think that's what this is about. I think we just have to question our own motives and like oh, yeah. question motives of other people. But his comment about, Oh, this could have been sold and we could have given that to the poor was insincere. It's false piety anyway, because right. he didn't mean that anyway. He, no, he, he was didn't more worried about his own pocketbook. It's, it's insincere. And I think that yeah. there are times where people put on a good front and they put on airs of spirituality. They put on airs of there's something when they're nothing. I mean, Jesus Christ points this out. I think that we see it in our own day in an age where people are trying to portray a certain image that's not really real. And that's why I want to title like this whole podcast is more of like, are we genuine, authentic, or are we insincere? Remember, uh, I read this book uh, called The House of Seven Gables by Nathaniel Hawthorne, and it was about basically this judge had this relative. I think her name was Phoebe, if I remember right. Maybe not, but she was a widow and old old woman, and she lived in this house, and the judge never cared about her, but he always acted like he did. And everyone in the town thought the judge was the greatest guy in the world, and they'd give him respect because that's the – but down deep – the guy was just, he was greedy, and the only reason he was interested in that widow is because he wanted her house because he thought that in that house was hidden. The Basically, the deed for practically seemed like the whole state. So, mm. and all these people's lands, and he could see the money in it, and that's the only reason he ever showed an interest. He never, ever really actually cared about her, but he always acted. I remember when I read that book. I thought about that. I'm like, yeah, you know, sometimes you really don't know what's going on in a person's heart and they can portray themselves a certain way, but not really be that person. Or maybe we could portray ourselves in a certain way and really have these wicked tendencies in our heart that we're kind of hiding from everyone else. And it's a dangerous thing. I mean, obviously this, this monster inside Judas is going to get out. He's going to betray Jesus Christ. Then he's going to feel so guilty about it that he goes and hangs himself. So this monster that's inside of him is going to lead to his destruction because it's never dealt with. Well, I think like you were saying earlier, I mean, these, these illustrations of the different peoples, it doesn't cast a judgment right here. Right. But it just gives us two illustrations of the faithful and the not. Right. And when you do that evaluation, what, where do you look? What do you look like? Right. And I think that's enough right i mean i don't think you gotta go any really deeper than that and we right. see and we're gonna see because judas his whole character is going to be revealed uh we know about what's happening here we know even in fact with these people who are being faithful all of a sudden they're going to start getting persecuted they're going to want to kill lazarus right. now you know um so his life is in danger again right and because people aren't happy that he's actually following christ right well a lot of it's politics it's politics too steve i mean it it really is but i think the crowds are following we're seeing we're seeing a contrast i think again between like the religious elite and and these folks and also just the regular crowds the crowds are following who they're following jesus and they're following him in droves and they're actually turning away from the the religious leaders of the day and they're not liking it Right. In fact, if they see it as a threat, they see it as a danger. And so, you know, that's, that's, that's an issue. Well, I guess you, you can look at it from the perspective, are we fake or are we real? I mean, when it really comes to our faith, are we fake or are we real? Where are the people going? Right. Well, they're going, they're going to the, towards truth. Well, they're going to the truth of Jesus. Yeah. But I'm just saying for us as individuals, are we are we? Because you always have to look at a Judas, even though we would always say, you know, we're, we're definitely not a Judas. But to look at what is fake and what is real. Judas, again, is self-centered. Judas does not care about Jesus Christ. 
these Lazarus and Mary and Martha have Jesus Christ in their house as a guest of honor, not because they're looking for anything. They're not there to enrich themselves, which Judas obviously has been following Christ for three years, thinking Christ is going to become a king. And when he figures that figures out, that's not really Christ's intent. He cashes in on Jesus Christ when he realizes there's not going to be a financial gain for him. So the whole reason he's following Christ, he follows Christ because of what I get out of it. You look at a Mary and a Martha, and, and Mary's giving a year's worth of wages and a perfume for Jesus Christ. She's obviously not there for what she can get. She's there for what she can give. That's the difference. And I think that when you're in a situation, and you're in, whether it's your marriage, it's coming to church, you don't want to be the kind of person that comes to church for what I get. You come for what also do I give the Lord, right? I don't want to come to church Sunday morning. Well, Lord, I'm here so you can give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I want to come to, well, what can I give, right? That's kind of what a point I see here as being Judas, as being a very extremely self-serving person. And it's mass, man. No one even notices it. Why do we do what we do? Are we really there for them and what we can give, or are we there for what we can get? And I think the pure motive is it's what I can give. And I'm here truly for Jesus Christ just because I'm not going to do it for any other reason than I love him. Not about fame. I mean, look at ministry. Look at what we do. It can't be about fame. It can't be about money. It can't be about gain for us. I mean, no, you got to be in it legit for what you can do to help other people, right? Oh, I agree. And and I, I think what that, that's, yeah, the motivation, I think, and the, the examples that are given to us to help us make good choices, to help us recognize where we need to be, I think are, are, are very clear. And, you know, then now it can, it, you know, you, you can see, are you, is your motive false? Is it real? What is it? Is, are things genuine? Whatever it is. I mean, I, I, I think you, you got to come to here and you got to make a decision. Where is it really at and how will I respond? And I, I, I always marvel at, like I said, the people groups that are going. And, and I always see here in Jesus, I mean, no matter what people try to do to fight against him, it didn't matter that the, the, the ordinary people, the folks were clamoring to truth. They right. were abandoning well, the falsehoods that they'd been told for a while. They were abandoning the, 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 the ungenuineness of what they had been witnessing, and they saw something in an authority in Christ. And, he, you know, the Gospels say over and over again that he was teaching as one with authority, not like the scribes and right. the Pharisees. I mean, he was doing just such amazing—he was shocking the world. Right. And, and what he was doing, it was like—it got some people's attention. And I think it speaks more of the people's attention who he didn't get. right. If Judas was that close to him, that intimate with him for so long, and he didn't get it, that should be a, a red flag ought to be popping. Because if we're not getting it, no matter how long we may have been intimate, well, we well, proclaim ourselves with Christ, being his word, being in church. I've been coming to church for 30 years. Well, I've never done anything but coming a half hour on Sunday, and I've done nothing else. Well, uh-oh. Right. Where's your where's your perfume <laughs> yeah, you put at the, the feet impact? of Jesus where's Christ? Where's the impact? And yeah, you, where, look, you look at you look at Lazarus, he's sitting with Christ. You look at Martha, she's serving Christ. You look at Mary, she's pouring the ointment. And you look at you look at Judas, who all he cares about is, man, I would love to sell that so I can get more money for me. More money for me, more money for me. Now you would say that Judas is not truly a believer. Judas is with the group. 
he's part of the 12 disciples, but he's not actually a true believer understanding who Jesus Christ is, right? He could No, I agree. He's not. And in fact, right. he's the one that he was the one that was lost. Right. And, you know, and, we, and, and, and I don't think, yeah, no, Judas was no grand scheme of God's plans. He wasn't some pawn and right. no, that he, he chose his own heart. Uh, Judas is a lost soul. Right. Even though he walked with Jesus for so long, he's still lost. Right. And, 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 and the danger is we could we be in church for sitting yeah. there, listen, going to Bible studies, sitting in church and still not really be connected with Jesus, still just being, well, you know what, this is good for my business, so I'm going to come to church because, you know, being in church gives me networking and helps me to know people, and Eagleville is a big church, so I can go there and it'll help me in my sales, and again, whether you're real estate or insurance or what have you, well, if that were your motive, that's not a good motive to be in any church. No, not, I think you're not there I go back to where, get. you know, this plot to kill Lazarus, why do they want to kill Lazarus? Because it already said later, later on in verse 17 that the people are still bearing witness about it. Lazarus's testimony of what Jesus Christ did in his life is converting people to believe in Jesus. Right. And, and instead of people saying, wow, I maybe ought to pay attention to that, learn from it, they're jealous. Right. They're envious. They're angry that they're, it's taking attention away from them. Right. And it's going towards Jesus Christ who raised a man from the dead. Right. <laughs> and they're angry about it. Right. Now they, well, now that Lazarus, his te- he's got to die because of his testimony. My gosh, yeah. he, look what he's doing. He's leading people to Christ. Yeah. We got to kill they, him. Yeah. I don't think they <laughs> got insane. that done, but they, they did plan it. I mean, they, they did. They, they want to do it. In chapter they said, 12, they said because on account of him, many of the Jews are going away and believing in Jesus. We got to kill him. Right. Absolutely. On account of him, we have to kill him. My gosh, he, he's, he's leading people to Jesus. But the, the acts of God are the things that are very attractive. Like one of the right. things I think about in church and one of the things, of course, we want to see. And he's sitting at the foot of Jesus, and I don't think he was the least bit worried. No, no, he wasn't. Lazarus was not <laughs> worried. Well, worried. that's what I said. They're not worried. They're not worried. They're, They're not, not worried. their faith is not based in the lack of They're faith. Not their faith in Jesus is not they know at who all he is. diminished, right? By the lack of faith of other people. And we can't allow our lack of faith to be diminished by the lack of faith in other people. They're pretty confident. But when the reason they're all following Jesus Christ is because there was a great miracle because he did. And you have to look at the history of it. And these people have heard it because in reality it had happened. This was not done behind a closed door. It's just like Paul will sell, was it, whether it was Felix or King Festus or King Agrippa or whoever, whichever one it was when he was in jail, you know, this didn't happen in a corner. The stuff that Jesus Christ did was well known and well talked about and well circulated, right? So I look at him and say, yeah, there's a good reason to believe in this guy because the crowds are, are flocking to him. Now, he has a triumphal entry where he comes in and says the next day. Now, he's at dinner six days before Passover. It's the next day, so we'd have to say that's five days ahead of Passover, right? So next day, a great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed is the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, which is fulfilled scriptures, right? Do not, in Zechariah, I believe it is, don't be afraid, daughter Zion, see your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples didn't understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize these things had to be written about him and these things had been done to him. Now, the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb 
and raised him from the dead, continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. This is evidence. This is testimony written down by John of what the thinking of the people is. Even the religious leaders could could not deny a lot of people were following Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ was doing the works of God. These people genuinely come out to seek Jesus Christ because a genuine real work had been done. And I think that's for us. You know, we want to see the genuine work of God happening because that's the only thing that's really going to impact lives. Oh, absolutely. Right? I mean, you go back to Mary and Martha. I mean, the reality is I, I can understand a doubting world. I mean, Jesus even asked them, I'm the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? So right. before they raised Lazarus, he already, he was asking them this question. They're like, well, yeah, you know, Lord, yeah, sure, we believe that. But they didn't, they didn't believe he's going right. to raise Lazarus. I mean, they didn't believe, right. you know, so we can understand some skepticism. But once that you've got this encounter, once you know, and we can read these stories and we can see what happened and we see what Jesus did, you know, we, we need to make decisions based on that alone. I mean, right. God reveals to us these things. And, you know, do you believe I'm the resurrection and life? Do you really believe this? And do you believe here I've got people proclaiming me to be Messiah? They're following me. I'm going to go into the heart of Jerusalem where they're denying me, and I'm going to make a public proclamation that I am the Messiah. Right. You must choose. Right. Who am I? Right. Do you believe this? Do I believe it or not? Do and, I believe it or not? And, and be authentic with your faith. And be authentic. Right, because I think there's a, I see. The motive can't be financial gain. The motive can't be business right. gain. The motive can't be whatever. Right. I'll just give me some quick peace. Uh, I sometimes talk about toilet bowl confessions. Lord, get me out of this trouble. Right. And the minute he does, okay, well, phew, and then I'm, I'm good to go next Saturday right. night and I can get in more trouble. Right. You know, and, you know that's not authentic. That, well, no, it's, it's, it's not because you're just coming because you're, it's not that you really want no, Jesus. It's just, anything. it's not what you can give. It's what you can get. I would say, you know, for our faith, you know, so we include this podcast, just, you know, your faith needs to be genuinely in Christ. Some of these people genuinely believe some of these people are just putting on an act. You gotta, you gotta ask yourself that is this an actor or something I really believe because true belief is going to fuel great things and, and great and awesome happenings for God. It has to be true. Jesus Christ did a real miracle. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He fulfills scripture in this passage. These are the reasons mm -hmm. we believe in him later on. He'll raise from the dead. This is why we believe in Jesus Christ. He fulfilled scriptures. He did great works. He rose again from the dead. That's what gives us the genuineness and really the basis of the faith that we have. We appreciate you tuning in and listening to this podcast. You all have a great and a blessed week.